Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. All right, guys, what is going on today? We are going to be talking about not letting the people who believe in us down. So Omar posted this the other day. For those of you guys who don't know who Omar is, Omar is somebody who kind of happened upon friendship. Uh, I'll tell you the whole backstory for those of you guys who never heard this or don't know how Omar actually came in to be a part of friendship. So um, Jay, who was one of the head coaches at friendship when we first started uh, was going through his certification and interning for the CrossFit Olympic weightlifting certification to be a coach. And so he had to go and shadow and intern at five of these different seminars run by, I believe, Coach Bergener, who's a pretty well-renowned Olympic weightlifting coach. And he was learning from them, learning how to run the seminars and kind of operating somewhere between like participant and staff. And he was out in, I believe, Dayton or Akron and was doing the seminar and Omar was there. And so Omar's at this certification, I might like mix up some of the small details here. Uh, but basically Omar was at the certification and had Ubered something crazy from like Columbus to Dayton to go to this seminar, to go to this certification. And the seminar is like wrapping up. He'd never Olympic weightlifted before. He had like zero experience. And, you know, obviously if you guys have ever been to any of these certifications, that sticks out like a pretty big sore thumb. Most of the people who are going to these seminars or certifications are, you know, people who have been doing it for like five to 10 years, have a deep interest in it and want to get involved with running a program, head coaching programming uh, themselves. And so most of the people, if we were to say like, hey, like go and do a snatch, like they could do it right away. So if you've never done that before or you're like brand new to it, you stick out kind of like a sore thumb in these seminars. So Jay being in this kind of hybrid of instructor slash participant went over to Omar and, you know, spent most of the seminar with him, teaching him. And um, in a kind of a weird stint, uh, we actually had this when Jay and I and Tom went through our initial certifications, we had this with somebody who was a very classic personal trainer. I think he was a strength and conditioning intern at like University of Miami and had never done any CrossFit stuff and shows up to his CrossFit level one. And we kind of took him under our wing. And so we've kind of done this at multiple different seminars up to this point. I think our coaches prep, which is now the level two. Anyway, yada, yada, yada. We've, we've, there's always kind of one or two people who have like never been a part of the community, never done the workouts, never done the movements. And, you know, our ethos at friendship is like to not let those people feel like this ostracized, awkward, weird person on the side and make it feel clicky. Like that's what we hate about that whole movement environment. So we always took it upon ourselves to make sure we invited them to be a part of our group. We were fun, jokey, positive, coaching oriented, helpful. And that's basically what Jay did with Omar. So they get to talking and uh, Omar ends up basically saying like, well, I don't you know, have a ride back. And for those of you guys who don't know, Omar's you know, originally from America, but um, was raised a lot in Egypt and then came over back to the States to go to university. And... Um, you know, he's, so he has a pretty thick accent and English, his English at the time, especially was pretty raw. 
So, uh, but he didn't have a ride. So Jay ends up offering him a ride and they end up driving back from Dayton the whole way together and, um, and hit it off. And if you guys know Omar, obviously, um, he's just a beautiful spirit, a beautiful soul, um, full of energy, youth, excitement, positivity, um, just, just energy, an energy bubble. And so Jay took to him quickly and comes back to me and he goes, Hey, this is going to be weird, but I met this dude, Omar, who's interested in coaching. Um, you know, he has no gym. He has like no home, uh, and, and no like, you know, home gym, I guess I would say no, no, you know, people here who he knows. And like, I think he'd be a good addition to the team. Would you sit down with them? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So long story short, we ended up giving him an opportunity to come on an intern. And then he was a coach and he was a huge part of our community for a long period of time, about five years or so. And, uh, you know, I still try to keep in touch. He moved back to Egypt. He's started, I believe two gyms and now he's maybe onto his third or maybe he's just starting a second gym. Uh, but he's paying that friendship ethos forward and is bringing, you know, our brand of kind of fitness, uh, to the masses back home. Right. Which, you know, he would say is something that was sorely missed in his community, in his culture, something of positivity and energy and excitement and all the things that we, you know, know and love about the gym. He's trying to bring that back to his home culture. So very, very, very cool. Um, but he posted this post the other day, which is, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase, but, um, basically, you know, being lazy is disrespectful to the people who believe in you most. And I sat and I thought with that for like 20, 25 minutes. And I wanted to make sure like I honed it in. Now I'm not somebody who like ever shares or like reposts really anything to the friendship social media for the most part. Jenny's um, got a tighter eye on that stuff. And, you know, I try to let her do her thing and represent friendship from the social media aspect. But that was one of those things where I was like, you know what? Like that is something that I don't think people think about a lot. We live in a very self-centered world and it's really easy to have the tunnel vision on, on how things sort of impact us or impact you or impact the individual. And this is true when you go huge macro and people are talking about like the, you know, Ukraine war or whatever, and they're thinking about how it impacts their tax dollars. Right. Um, and everything kind of boils back down to this, like, you know, you are the center of your own universe. And it's really hard to empathetically sort of think uh, through, um, how things impact other people. But, you know, lately I've had a lot of really, you know, firsthand experience with this where I've seen people make conscious decisions and I've seen people take conscious action to do things that from a third party perspective is so glaringly, obviously disrespectful to people in their lives who have given so much and sacrificed so much to try to help them to love them, to be there for them, to support them. And watching the belief in people's eyes who have that, you know, that, that love and they want so much for that person to just live up to the potential that they know they have inside of them. And then watching these people just shit on it and throw it away. Like it means nothing. Like at first, my initial thought is anger. Like I get truly angry about it. I get angry at the people. Then you sort of go through this like you feel sorry for them because if that's kind of who they are, if that's how they take action, if that's how they 
go through their days and go through their relationships, they're never going to have anybody who truly believes in them or loves them ever in their whole life. And that's really like sad to sit and think about, but it is kind of self-defined. And then I started to think a lot about this, right? Which, you know, for a long time, especially when I was younger and we would see people, you know, would, would quit the gym, not because they're moving or because, you know, they bought a house on a different side of town or they got a new job or, you know, some circumstance where like, I think everyone would say like, well, yeah, of course, like it doesn't make sense for you to come here anymore. Uh, but for people who just like, they made a commitment when they sat down, they said, I want to commit to losing 20 pounds. I want to commit to this. And I want to change the type of person who I am. I want to get in a new environment. I want to meet some new people. I want to have a coach guide me. I want to help. And I want to achieve this thing because I know it's going to make me feel better. I know it's going to help every aspect of my life, my family's life and everything. They sat down, they made that commitment. They signed the dotted line. They say, I'm in, I want to do it. And then you watch them go through sort of this period where they'd end up sort of back at, you know, the same lazy person that they were just sick of when they joined and they wanted to change so bad and they just couldn't turn that corner for whatever reason. And now they're like letting themselves sort of off the hook. And at first I used to just get mad. I was like, I just don't get why people can't get this. And then I kind of went through this stage of like trying to pay attention to why I was getting so upset. Why things make me so mad as like a gym owner or a coach when I see people shave reps on a workout, cut the range of motion short, pick a weight that's too easy for them all the time. Why, is, why that stuff just irks me. And it's something I've really like battled with and I've talked to people about and I've tried to figure out. And over the years, what I've started to tell Maria and the way that I communicate this now a lot of times with coaches is it upsets me not for any other reason outside of I truly believed in that person's potential. I truly believed that that person had the opportunity, the people around them, the right situation, the right time in their life. I truly believe, like I saw for a moment, they showed me a glimmer of who they could have been. And it was amazing. And it was beautiful and it was inspiring. And when I was around it as a coach, it was like this, fuck yeah, like let's go mentality. It was this, let's move forward together. Let's do it. You're doing it. And it fires me the fuck up to get behind you to be a part of this. Let's go. Let's keep this you know, freight train rolling. And I love it. And you see that from the coaches and the way that other athletes and people around the gym and other, you know, their sons, their daughters, their husbands, the way that everyone talks about them is up a level. Everyone's fired up to see them. I want to be around that. People want to be around that energy. They want to be around that environment. They want to be around people who are living up to their potential, who are pushing to really truly be what it means to be the best version of themselves. And I saw it and it was there for a moment. And then we just got lazy. And then once people have seen that, and then you revert back to that lazy, you know, self-centered person, and you just disappoint all of those people, it's really the best way to put it. Man, it's just disappointing. They had so much potential. They really could have achieved something great. All they had to do 
was just maintain through this tough patch of their life. Just stick through and stay consistent. Just make a couple more workouts this month. Just not drink a few more nights this, this past week. It's all they had to do to just keep the momentum going forward, positive direction. Ever forward. It's all it would have taken. And now the wheels are off. And we know where it goes, right? We know what happens when we start to let our potential slip. We start to give out on lazy here, lazy there, lazy at 32, lazy at 35, lazy at 39, lazy at 42. That's a trend that you cannot buck. And I was listening to another podcast this week where I was listening to somebody who had walked this amazing journey. I mean, just completely turned their lives around 140 pounds lost running ultra marathons. Now competing in all this, um, all these like uh, ultra marathon relay races. And now he's, you know, doing courses and doing books and trying to inspire people and help people. And like, when you listen to him talk to the podcaster, they have all this energy and they are vibrant and they're, they're motivating people. And they're like, they've got this just like, just grab onto me and let me carry you to the next step. And then once you get there, you can take the ball forward and keep going. And then you can do that for other people too. And you can tell like once you've done it, once you've seen it, once you've been a part of it, you just want it for other people. You want everyone around you to be living up to their maximum potential, the absolute best that they can possibly be. But our natural state, the way that we exist now, it's so easy to be lazy. It's the default, right? That's You have to want things to be hard. You have to want the pressure. You have to want the noise. The biggest thing I try to tell myself all the time is there is no retirement. I don't believe in the concept. It doesn't exist. What it means is that you are succumbing to the easy life. You've decided that I, that I don't want more challenges, that I don't want the pressure, I don't want the noise. You have to find ways to continue to challenge yourself, even if it's just mentally. Pick up a new instrument, learn a new language, meet new people, involve yourself with new communities and societies and charities and this and that and the other. I think once you stop moving... Once you stop pushing that ball forward and continuing to try, it's the default. It's so easy to just sit back, be lazy, and not have to feel like we have to live up to that potential. And if you guys have ever seen what that does to the people who love you, who believe in you, who stick their necks out for you, it's soul crushing. It's absolutely soul crushing. And once you see it once, all I know is for me, when you see it like really happen, I'm not talking about just like a little bit happen, right? Like just like, Oh, like I quit the gym and you know, now I'm, I put on some weight and I'm just kind of lazy. I'm not working out. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a true fuck up. Like you really, really shit the bed and let somebody down. Once you see that, it fundamentally, I believe at least it has for me, fundamentally changes your motivation towards life. All I know is that's what I don't want to be. There's a million things you can be. 
Sometimes it's more important to know what you don't want to be than what you want to be. And watching people let loved ones down and watching people let the people in their, their corners and you know the, the people who have stuck their necks out for you time and time and time again, watching people let that down and then seeing the sort of, I guess you'd say, uh, fallout of that just the catastrophe across this large group of people. It's really like, it's sickening. And it's, like I said, it's transformative. So you don't want to be that catalyst. Like that should be something that just motivates you every day. As soon as you start feeling yourself get lazy, as soon as you start seeing yourself let off the throttle a little bit and desire the easy life, desire the sitting by the ocean, having drinks brought out to you, never working out, never eating healthy, and just kind of list this easy, idyllic life. Think you've lost the plot once you get there. You don't understand that all of the things, and if you think back to everything you're really proud of in your life, Everything you're really proud of in your life, everything that's worth having is something you had to work for. It's something that was a challenge. It's something you had to grind a little bit. Maybe you had to stick your nose out for, maybe you had to tell people about, maybe it was scary. It's all the shit that's not easy, that's actually worth something. In this whole world, everyone's so consumed about you know, getting money or getting to retirement or getting to these places. What they don't understand is that like, the things that are actually really valuable, the real achievements, are the things that money can't buy. Like, so I just saw this the other week. Mark Zuckerberg has enough money to just retire off into the ether, sit on his yacht, travel the world, go to the nicest places, stay in the nicest hotels, get room service every day. I'm sure I've, you know, be surrounded by gorgeous young women and, you know, whatever he wants in the world, right? What does he choose to spend his time doing? Well, he just signed up for a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competition. He showed up and he's been doing CrossFit who's been doing like active, really extreme, extremely hard workouts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And now competing, I think at a pretty high level. I think it was like a blue belt competition. I think he's now moved up to a purple belt potentially. And he's taking it very, very seriously. He's training under some of the top instructors in the world. And Jocko, I think actually talked about this recently. I think it was Jocko, um, was talking about how that is so impressive because he, that's such a conscious choice. He has all the means and everything around him and everybody to just let up and not live to his potential, physically, mentally, emotionally, not push it, not get uncomfortable. Like if you guys have ever been rolling with like a purple belt in Brazitu, it is very uncomfortable. Like it is not fun, right? Like they'll get you in these positions and they'll trap you and they'll start to take your air from you and they'll start to cover your face and mash you and you're getting cauliflower ear and all this stuff. Not fun right? Like not an enjoy is a grind is a mental and physical challenge. And he doesn't have to do that. He can be, instead he could be waking up and hiring a, a, you know, Swiss masseuse, the top in the world to come and live at his house. And he could wake up and take a nice sauna and then get a 90 minute massage and go out to his endless pool out on a Greek peninsula. Like, and that sounds great. Like to us, we're just like, we're just like, man, oh man, I need a vacation so bad. Like that sounds amazing. Right. 
But what you understand and what I think he has learned and what he has figured out is that once you start to zoom out a little bit and actually start to view the world a little bit differently from that lens, from his lens, what you realize is that you want to start to achieve the things that take the most personal challenge, that are some of the longest, most challenging personal pursuits. You want the challenge. And that's kind of my mindset now is I want the hardship. I want the pressure. I want the noise. I want the challenge. I don't want to get to a point where I feel ever like anyone can look at me and just be like, man, he didn't even try to live up to his potential. He didn't even make an attempt at it. Like he just, he just, just kind of slacked off, just rested on his laurels and eh, it was good enough. Just kind of got to that good enough point and just was kind of like, cool, that's fine. And once you start to do that, it starts to shift your frame of reference a little bit in how you look at the decisions that you make every day and how you look at the, the sort of flow even of your day. You don't look to, for the sleep in. You don't look for the ease. You don't look for the taking off early. You don't look for the skipping the hard conversations. You lean into those things because you know they need to be done. Right? And you can get more done if you get up early. You can get more done if you have the hard conversations, if you do the thing that's been sitting there needing to be done for months and months and months and you've just continued to walk by it. So if you guys have seen this, or maybe even if you're in the middle of currently thinking about this, right? the way I like to think about it is now for me, it's with Stevie, but I like to think about it more as... Is there even a possibility at any moment that my, during my daughter growing up over the next 15 to 25 years, is there anything that I'm doing that you would look at and just be disappointed in me on? Is there any choices I'm making? Is there anything that I'm you know, even not doing or doing half-ass that I would be embarrassed for her to know that I was doing half-assed or embarrassed for her to even know that I was or wasn't doing? And how can I attack those things? And for me, that's motivation enough. For you guys, it might not be. You know, some people, they, they aren't able to be, like I said, empathetic towards the people in their lives or loving where they can't project out to that 10 years from now, what's my daughter going to think or what's my, my son going to think um, or what do my parents think or whatever, right? Or they get consumed by these things and they get consumed to inaction. And I hope that just it just lights a fire under your ass. I mean, it was one of the things I loved about being around Omar. And one of the things I miss so much about him is the people that really every day are waking up and trying to be spiritually, emotionally a better person, trying to be physically a better person, and trying to learn more. Really pushing that potential boat. They're pretty few and far between. You know, you don't, you don't find that. And if you do find it, a lot of times it happens in short stints, three to six months here and there, eight to 12 months here and there. But the people who can sustain that for years and you can sit and tangibly watch the progress, tangibly like feel it, see it, be around it, ride the coattails of, makes everybody around you better. And it gives you this just massive momentum and energy. And for some people, it's the negative motivation, right? Some people need positive motivation, affirmations, those things. Some people need the negative motivation of, man, 
I don't want to be, you know, the shitbag dad, or I don't want to be the, you know, dad who, died, who doesn't make it to, you know, my daughter's wedding, or I don't want to be, you know, the dad who goes on, you know, vacation with my daughter and can't go ride bikes into the sand. My dad did this with us uh, when I was probably pretty young. He'd be able to tell you how young, um, but we got bikes and we were out on the beach and a uh, huge mistake. Uh, we rode with the wind first, right? And so, man, you can be flying down the beach when you're riding with the wind. And so, you know, however far out you go out, you also got to come back. And so I don't think he was thinking about having like probably a seven or an eight or a nine-year-old on a bike, you know, with no gears. And we probably went down, I don't know, I'm going to exaggerate, probably three miles or four miles or something down the beach, a decent amount, 10, 10 minutes, you know, riding with the wind fast. And we get down to the end. It's like, okay, well, let's turn around. And then you're just grinding, slogging back against the wind. Um, and I'm sure my dad probably had to carry me and probably carry the bike for some of it. And I'm sure that there's a lot of whining and patience from his aspect of things. Um, but you know, I want to be the dad who's capable of doing those things. Who's capable for walking right on the beach, who can play spike ball in sports when they're 50 and 60. You know, when we go to a destination wedding for my daughter's friend or cousin or whatever, right. I want to be able to do those things. Like that's the stuff that keeps me motivated and fired up. And, you know, I never want to feel that moment of disappointment from, from her really from anybody, but specifically from her. So uh, I hope this finds you guys well. Uh, I love you guys so much. And I hope, uh, I hope this one, you know, can maybe motivate some action from you guys and maybe think about, even just get you thinking about what is my potential? What am I actually capable of in any aspect, professionally, as a parent, as a father, as somebody working out? What are, what are you actually capable of? What is my potential? It's a freaky question. <laughs> if you ever haven't sat and thought about it, that's the stuff I used to write down. I used to journal a little bit while I was at the tomb, a lot of lonely nights, right? For 27 hour shifts out there by yourself. And, uh, you know, you're there in the middle of the night and probably some of it is tweaking because of you're like having, uh, you know, major sleep deprivation, but, um, I would write stuff down. That's the stuff I would think about all the time is like, what is my true potential? Like I've achieved so much here and just with what I would say is moderate discipline and dedication, I think I can be more. I think I can do more. What can I actually achieve if I set my mind to it? Um, so it's a question that once we start to get comfortable, once we you know get our house, get our wife, get our kids, um, get our businesses up and running, get comfort professionally, get to an income level where we feel like, oh, we're doing pretty good. Like we're okay. This is enough, right? Start getting there. It's really easy to just be like, okay, like, well, this is good. And, and not keep pushing that ball forward. Um, not keep driving, not keep trying to get better, not keep taking chances, right? Um, so uh, just a frame of mind that I'm trying to continue to put myself in. I hope that you guys are, as a part of this community, as a part of the podcast community, I hope that you guys are willing uh, to come along with me and continue to push yourself in your potential uh, because I do love you guys. And I, I want this for all of us. I want us all to live up to our maximum potential. And I want to be surrounded by a community of hundreds and hundreds of people that are high energy, just like motivated go-getters, just, you know, 200 Omars, uh, if you will. So love you, Omar. If you're listening to this, miss you, buddy. Uh, and thank you guys for listening.